Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. It's really good to be with you. We are brought to you by what we think is the best storable food company in the world. Why? Because they not only have the best quality and 2,000 calories per day and 25-year shelf life, but they also have specials right now that the other companies really are not, not to this level. Four-week special, great savings, and if you're looking to stockpile at this late date, and it's never too late, well, it might be, but right now you can still do it. This is the place to go because every time you order a four-week special, you'll get the savings. The next four-week special, you'll get the savings. So this is an inexpensive way to accumulate storable food quickly. Um, we have been advised by Bob Griswold, who will be our guest in just a second, that you need at least six months of storable food. You also probably should look at getting seeds. Uh, some people say two years. I think that's kind of impractical, but I think you should accumulate all that you can because with all this disruption that's coming, and believe me, there's disruption coming. It doesn't matter who wins, who's inaugurated, it's coming. Uh, you can't have too much storable food. And also, too, we'll probably prevail upon Bob to ask him, should you store it and should you hide it? And the answer, I think, will be yes. But, ladies and gentlemen, very quickly here, how do you get a hold of uh, the storable food company, MPS? Well, you go to preparewithdave.com, and they'll actually have an explanation there. It says, hey, this is the food we sell. This is with the type of food. You'll see lots of diversity, so you don't habituate to the same food. Just a quality product. And I'm spending some time on it right now, more than I ordinarily would in an ad, because listen to me. I don't want you knocking on my door or breaking my door down. You have to take care of yourself now. Right now, preparedness is everyone's responsibility. It is not my job or my neighbor's job to take care of you for what you haven't done. So please, do your due diligence. And if you don't get it from us, for goodness sake, please get it from somebody. Go to hide, <laughs> excuse me, go to preparewithdave.com. Kind of funny, getting ready to tell you to go hide. Uh, no, preparewithdave.com. And I'm going to give this advice too. This is not the time to go to rallies. I'm just going to ask Bob about that, too. Uh, I'm adamant right now. Uh, Sun Tzu commands us to know our enemy and know what's coming. We don't know the lay of the land right now, folks. Don't throw yourself into something you might regret in circumstances you can't control. Okay, but anyway, storable food, preparewithdave.com. Bob Griswold, frequent guest on the show. We're putting this on radio because we have an exclusive TV audience, and I wanted this to go far and wide because I look at this like a call to arms for the Christian church. The Christian church could be a catalyst in restoring America, but right now it's a shell of itself. Bob, welcome to the show, and I know from our other conversations we've had, you share that view. I absolutely do, Dave, but I'm gonna just segue just for a second, for a moment, it's kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> Parlor is back up, sort of. Okay, they've got a they've got an under construction page up where before you couldn't even reach them. And so I posted it on Facebook, okay? And the first thing that came up was a fact checker. I mean, Dave, like Lightspeed came up, and it says the fact check has fact checked this, and it's false because Malia, whatever it is, Mela Obama has not been rearrested again. And I posted that Parler was back up. Go check it out yourself. I mean, and they're saying that no, the, the story's not true because she was not arrested again. I never even said anything about that. I mean, these people, who, who, you know, it just shows you the the fact checkers. I think they got their facts wrong. But anyhow. That's, with, with that is a funny story. Well, you know, I got a video uh, demonetized on YouTube, and they pretty well have left me alone. But I said this last night, what I just said here. Don't get caught in the middle of unpredictable events right now because things are too fluid, too dangerous. 
you know, right now, let's see the lay of the land before you decide what you want to do. So I'm calling for calm and peace. And that wasn't acceptable. Yeah, well, David, that, your advice is very sage. It's sage advice, put it that way. Um, because right now we just saw what happened at this last rally. Um, and, and, you know, again, I have to ask people. And, I, Dave, I want to tell you something. I'm a Christian guy. This morning in my prayers, I was saying, Lord, forgive me. Because I, in some way or another, had put my trust in Donald Trump, the Supreme Court, maybe the military, maybe the Insurrection Act, maybe the Republican Party. But, you know, where God wants us to have our trust, Dave, is in him. The, the arm of the flesh, it, it, that's what the, the Scripture calls it, will always fail us when we lean upon it. And, and, and that's what I think we saw. God will not share his glory with another. And when this thing is delivered, which all evil eventually collapses, I mean, I'm not given a timeline. It might be long. It might be short. But all evil eventually collapses because it is not a normal state that God has prepared for mankind. Eventually, even this world will come under the subjugation at the second advent of Jesus Christ. But you look at Russia. You look at all these oligarchs and, and communist states. They all eventually fail. Even China has failed to a certain – because it's not communist anymore. It has operating uh, capitalists in there making billions of dollars. I mean so it, it's some type of oligarch uh, tyranny that they have going on, but they don't practice communism there anymore. And, and, and so what we're going to see in this country as these people – um, you know, come out. There, there's two ways God judges. Okay, God brings judgment to the house of the Lord, and the Scripture actually says, "If judgment begins in the house of the Lord, how will it be for those who are without?" So that gives us a hint. God's going to bring judgment to the church in America because, you know, we have pastors that don't pastor. They're supposed to be shepherds, yeah, and they you. don't shepherd. They, they're wolves. You, you see, it, they're gay, they're, they live in these multi-million-dollar houses. They don't preach the gospel. They're afraid of the moral issues. They can't talk about it because if I speak of a moral issue, the Joneses won't come back, and they give money to the church, and I want the money. So what we don't, what we do is we ignore those issues in the church in America, and because we've done that, we've not been the salt and the light. Um, evil has crept in, and we just thought it won't, it won't bother us. You know, you know that's over there. I'm over here, and never the two shall meet. Well, we see right now the two are meeting head on, and and we've tried every other way, Dave. We've tried put our hope in Donald Trump, put our hope in all the things I just said, and you know what? Every one of them has failed us. It is time for the church in America to first of all repent of our sin. I mean, in the church. I just read over and over again the sexual corruption in the church, the lying, the materialism, the pride, you know, that we don't care anything about God's will. We don't carry the gospel message, you know, uh, to, the, to the people who are lost. We care about my best life now. That's what we want. And it's cost us, Dave. It's at our door. Nancy Pelosi does not own what is in the United States. Nancy Pelosi is a result of what has gone on, what, what the church has done. We have not the Catholic Church is a Catholic. I think she's still in the Catholic Church. They've not done anything, and I'm not picking on the Catholic Church because the Protestant churches are just as bad. Yes, they're allowed to operate and call themselves this, but they murder babies. They, you know, they, they they turn a blind eye to pedophilia, and the church has not done anything because you know why, Dave? The church is filled with the same things. 
And, and this is what it's going to take to turn America around. If it is God's will for America to be turned around, is the Church of Jesus Christ to turn around and say, we have sinned. Read the prayer in Daniel 9 where he laments over his personal sin, and he laments over the sin of the nation. You know, I lament a lot of times over my own sin, Dave. You know, I, you know, I look myself in the mirror and say, you know, you look better on the radio than you do in real life, because it's true, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it happens to the best of us as we get older, no question. Yeah, um, when I mean just morally, too. I mean, you yeah. know, I can put I up a facade on the radio make me, I mean, I get calls, Dave, and you get them, too. It's like they think I walk on water. Well, I want to tell you, I don't. Um, I can't. The only time I can walk on water is when it's below 32 degrees. Then I can do it. Um, but, but anyhow, so what's needed right now is for the churches in America to call prayer sessions, not just not just like we're going to say a couple of little prayers after the church service, but actually call prayer services. There's there's a, there's some volumes I want people to get. Okay, I don't sell them, and I don't think you do. I, but it's called um, political sermons of the founding era. It's put out by Liberty Fund, and there are sermons of men and uh, men of God that came out and, and preached where the moral strength would come from that would give the American Revolution its impetus to overcome the greatest military power on the planet. Now, back then, I mean, these were ragtag people, and they took on the greatest military power the world knew, and because God's favor was on them, because, you know, the 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 pastors were preaching God's word. They were telling people to live holy lives. You know, it changed the nation. Let's let's go forward 200 and some odd years, Dave, to the 1980s. You know, communism was the scourge of my generation. After World War II, Russia went in and, and took over the Balkans, took over you know, Eastern Europe, and, and the people who lived under it. Ask any Romanian, ask any Polish or Yugoslavian person what it was like to live under those horrible regimes. And they tried sometimes in the arm of the flesh with political power to overcome the grip that the Soviet Union had on them, and they couldn't do it. It, 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 it failed. I think it was in the, uh, Yugoslavia tried it, um, and Ceausescu was absolutely – I mean he was a Hitler reincarnation. He was just a cold-blooded murderer. But you know, Dave, when the church in Poland and God raised one man – and he was a common man. He wasn't some, you know, slick speaker. He was a common man named Lech, Lech Walesa, excuse yes. me. Yes. Um, and the Catholic Church. And we remember that was the first chink in the Soviet, you know, satellite states that brought down communism there. They became a free state. And it was dominoes after that because the pattern had been set. People had been persecuted. And that's my, that is what it might take in the United States. I don't know. I pray not, but I don't know. But eventually, God's people are going to have to say enough is enough. I'm, I'm tired of being quiet. John Lovell the other day said this. If you claim to have a moral code and don't speak, you don't have a moral code. You're deceiving yourself. You know, if you can, you can pontificate all you want, Dave, about how I believe this and I believe this and I believe every word in the Bible, but, you know, when it comes push to shove, I'm silent. You don't have a moral code. You don't. And I, I don't want to offend people, but you don't. Um, you know, what does it take for Dave Hodges or Steve Quayle or Joe ha uh, Doug Hagman to get on the radio every day knowing that they're putting their neck in a noose and to proclaim the truth? 
What does it take for a true minister of God to get out there and preach the gospel, even the moral issues that we find we can't talk about today? God talks about them. We don't. We're afraid. We're cowards. And we need to regain the spirit of boldness. You know, today, I, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it's Poland again. Did you see the news that Poland has now made it a crime punishable by fines if you censor a nonviolent post? Yeah, I did a broadcast on that. Yeah, I mean, God bless the polls. They, they're knocking it out of the park on so many different fronts. This is what we need to do. I, I would never, if I had a social media account, uh, if I owned a social media, uh, you know, and somebody posted, let's kill the president, that, that guy would be gone forever. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, I would never allow that kind of stuff. You know, or we're going to go burn something down or whatever. That would never be allowed, because you're not, you know, crying fire in a theater is not the right thing to do. It's illegal. But at the same time, if someone had a different political viewpoint for me to to, to cut them off and to deplatform me, platform them, Dave. Do you know what that guarantees? If you cannot protest peacefully, what will happen? If all the avenues of political dissident dissidents have been exhausted and you're not allowed to redress your government for grievances, we, we know where that goes. And it's almost like they want it to happen. You know, and again, this is why the political the capital thing was such a failure. The, these people understand violence. They're trained in violence. They love violence. I mean, they commit violence against the most innocent people in our society, children, you know, with, through pedophilia or abortion. They love violence. They thrive in it. They swim in it. They don't understand Martin Luther King, you know, peaceful. You know, he could have gone out there and said, burn, baby, burn, and been just like the rest of them. But he said, nope, we're not doing it that way. We're going to let the news media see them squirting us down with these fire cannons, you know, fire hose things, the dogs coming at us. We're going to march in solidarity. We're going to trust in God, and we're going to overcome. We shall overcome. And, and that's what we need to see today, the church of the living God, the church of Jesus Christ. You know, it, it, I can tell you, I, I don't know how many Christian people I talk to that are just – Addicted to pornography, addicted to drugs, addicted to – you name it. They, they think materialism will satisfy them. You know, if I, if I can sleep with 100 women, that will make me happy. It doesn't. It, it leaves you empty, and it leaves the church sterile and with no power. You know, I, Dave, I, in my prayer I, last night, I was praying, and, and I, the Lord woke me up last night, and he, and he said this to me, and it was, it was a mystery at first. He said – Learn to speak the language of heaven. And I went, wow, that's a weird thing to say. Um, and then I started thinking about it, and I started doing a little Bible study last night about 2.30 in the morning. You know, Adam had a language before he fell that he could speak to God Almighty himself. I mean, even Moses, when he spoke to God, he had to cover himself. You know, he couldn't do it because we're corrupted. Sin corrupted us. But Adam had that ability to, to walk. It says he walked with God in the midst of the garden in the evening, you know, and just had a talk with him. And he saw the heavenly realms. He saw the, all the choirs of heaven, all the grandeur. He saw all that. And, and today, in Christ, if we want it, it's not our, it's, it, it might be our inheritance, but an inheritance that you don't claim is no inheritance at all.
And, you know, that's what the Lord challenged me last night. He said, learn to speak the language of heaven. That's what will change, man. That's what will change countries. You look, at, you look at it, Dave. What overcame Rome? Was it the sword of Barabbas or was it the preaching of the twelve? It was the preaching of the twelve. They, they knew how to deal with the sword. I mean, believe me, the government knows how to deal with your AR-15. If you think that's going to be the answer, the, the government knows how to deal with that very well. I mean, they've got 10,000 ways to Sunday to deal with that. But you know what? They don't know how to deal with people who are sold out to God, who live on bended knee, who cry out for his mercy, who cry out for revival. And I'm not talking about the Baptist revival. We're going to have it tomorrow, Tuesday at 9 o'clock or whatever. I'm talking about true revival, which has happened in our country twice, the Great Awakening and then right before the Civil War. Both of them are right before a major conflict in our country. And Dave, this is why I think it's so pertinent to speak this, because it happened right before the Revolutionary War. It happened right before the Civil War. And I don't know what the future of America holds, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, kumbaya. I think if the church repents right now, like it did in Poland, and it preached freedom and liberty, I think if we do that right now, it will give us the moral impetus, the moral strength to go forth no matter what we face. I mean, I could face death. I could face the loss of all things. But you know what? I'm seeking a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. You know, this is my temporary abode. My citizenship is not here. You know, Dave, here's an analogy I want to use. If I moved out of the United States, and I'm just going to pick Russia. I don't have any desire to move to Russia. But let's just say I wanted to move to Russia. And so I moved to Russia. You know, I would find myself become this, I'm the citizen of another country. I would start to speak less and less English. My culture would change. My history would change. My outlook would change. And I would start becoming more and more Russian as the years went on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, along those lines, I believe it was you that shared with me, was it Boston schools, what they're changing in their teaching in American history? Was that you that told me that? Yes, yes, it is, yes. My point is this. Well, let's, find, let's, let's cover what that is, though, first. And then make I'll, I'll cover that in just a second, but I, I want to finish this point. If you find yourself claiming to be a citizen of heaven and your language is not changing, your culture is not changing, your perspective of things is not changing, what you talk about is not changing, I doubt your citizenship is for real. Now, I'll, I'll say that and then go on. There's a school in uh, Boston, I guess it's the Boston schools, that they are now saying they're not going to teach anything about the Revolutionary War. They're not going to teach about the Civil War. They're not going to teach about World War I, World War II, the Cold War. They're going to teach woke stuff. You know, basically it'll be, you know, European culture, Western civilization is horrible. They're the, they're the problems of all, all humanity. And, and so, the, the, again, do you know what? I bet you there's not a church up in Boston or, or Massachusetts that has any um, clout at all will say a word about it. No, they won't. A lot of them will celebrate it because they want to be accepted and they want to keep the money flowing. See, we own this, Dave. The church in Massachusetts will be quiet. Now, there might be some small-time pastors who speak out against it. But overall, we just will go silently into night. We're not going to rage against the dying of the light. 
We're going to go silently into the night unless we once again reconnect with our God and have him give us the moral strength to say no more. When Ronald Reagan came into office and he said he looked at communism like dominoes and he'd seen domino after domino after domino fall since World War II, Ronald Reagan said no more. When, it, when they tried to go into Grenada, hey, the Marines went down there and showed them no more. We need spiritual Marines. We need spiritual Navy SEALs. And you know what? It's gender-free. You, you don't have to be a male to be a spiritual gen, a SEAL or a spiritual force recon Marine. You can be any gender as long as you're willing to bow your knee, repent of your sins, and ask the God of heaven to give our country a spirit of revival and repentance. That's what we need right now, just like Poland. We see it all the time, and the church in China right now is being persecuted, but they will not extinguish it. You know, there was a, there was a, a guy, in the, a king in the Middle Ages that wanted to persecute Christians, and one of his wise sires or lords or whatever came up to him, and he goes, Sir, sire or lord, the Bible is a hammer. Uh, my Bible is an anvil that has worn out many hammers, and, and that's what we need to realize. These people, these evil people that have evil designs for humanity, murdering millions of us because they, they somehow think that you know, if they do that, they're going to have better lives. They want to block out the sun. They want to give poison food, poison medicine, I mean, all this. You know, These people fear what I'm talking about. You know, Dave, I, I've talked a lot about a political stuff online. And yet I would say this is the thing they fear more than anything, is the Church of Jesus Christ not out there protesting, not out there with their AR-15s, not out there you know, doing those things. Uh, the church, what they fear the most, because their father is Lucifer, and he knows where the power comes from. They fear the Christian church on its knees saying, Lord, I've sinned against you. Lord, as a nation, we've sinned against you. Forgive us. Prayer and fasting. Seek his face. And that is what's going to change this nation if it's to be changed. And if it doesn't change, it'll at least change you. It'll give you the strength and, and ability to stand in this evil day. And that's, that's what we need, Dave. I mean, that, that's where we're headed, and that's, a, that's what is needed in America today. Yeah, I, I agree. But here's what we also know. I've been told, and I was told this a few months ago, the clergy response teams have been activated. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Yes, sir. But but uh, that means that, well, I, I talked to Walter Mansfield um, many years ago, and he was one of the first pastors that was brought into this by uh, DHS, which was a more, much more rogue organization today then than it is today. Today, there's a lot of mid-range uh, people, GS6, GS12 in that range, that are good, loyal Americans that served in the Middle East. But then these were thugs that were running DHS, and they were training these people how to talk people into willingly going to FEMA camps, but the FEMA regulations and the DHS regulations would not allow them to talk to them about God, Jesus, or quote the Bible. And I had the documents that Walter gave to me on this, and I've been told that this same MO has been resurrected and by the way, do you know that when you go to large churches today, Bob, that there's a real good chance that you're being photographed for the intel agencies? You're being videotaped? Dave, what you just said is spot on. You know, they can't talk about 
Jesus. Yes. And, and there's more than just a political reason why. There's a spiritual reason behind that. Satan fears that name. And so when you talk to some of these people, start asking them who Jesus the Christ is. See if they give you a straight answer. He's the Son of God. He's the only hope for mankind. He's the only way, the way, the truth, and the life. Or they give you some poppycock, you know, about a good moral teacher. We should follow his guidance. He was, he was, he was, he was for social justice. When they start giving you that spouting that stuff, you know who you're talking to. It doesn't take a lot of discernment. You know who you're talking to. Um, any pastor worth his salt, if I said, who is Jesus? Is he's going to answer the same way Peter did? He's the Son of the Living God. You know that's what he's going to answer. When they can't do that, boy oh boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, I hear you. That's like the, that's like the anvil I was talking about earlier falling on your head. You know that's a big clue. Um, so I mean, it's the spiritual discernment is not. You know, it doesn't take a great amount. It takes some. You know, Jesus made it very clear that if we have the faith of a, of a grain of mustard seed, this is the language of heaven again. If we have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, we can say to the mountain, be gone, and it is gone. You can't say that in normal verbiage. You can't do it. We have to have this language of heaven. We have to have this heavenly understanding. We have to have heavenly discernment, and when we do, we'll see the enemy. We'll see the enemy for who he is. We'll see the, the the minions the enemy has employed, and we'll stand firm and preach and proclaim God's truth. Yes. Nothing else is going to work, Dave. Nothing. But we need to be calling out these pastors. But I will say this. The churches you go to today, l- l- let me back up in time. Let me reference this, okay? And I'm going to use names here because I speak the truth, so there's no reason not to speak the names. But I used to go to the Community Church of Joy, which was a large church in Northwest Metropolitan Phoenix. And they were good. And we used to protest abortion, and we used to protest other things and social issues today uh, in that time. And I'm going back, oh, 20, 25 years. And towards the end of that church, that church ceased existing about three years ago. It fell apart because of bad leadership. And this church stopped taking on the causes they stopped fulfilling their mission. Their assistant pastor started to leave in droves. They'd hire another one, and he'd leave. They'd hire another one, and he would leave. And that's because they weren't doing their job. Uh, and, and I'm seeing this fragmentation in a lot of large churches. Today, this church uh, grounds are owned by a secondary church that will never achieve that same status. But here's one thing that some churches have done that I think is really, really good. Although they don't call out abortion, they don't call out the pedophilia, the sex crimes, and all the the crimes of our leaders, what they have done is they put together community Bible study groups, six, seven people meeting together in individual homes to discuss issues. That opens the door for a grassroots revival. You're absolutely right, because, Dave, for the first 300 years of church history, they did not, you know, there's no such thing as a church for the first 300 years of church history. They didn't have a building. They met in homes. And again, we look at it. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any political power. They had the love of Jesus, and they turned the world upside down. That's what they did. They, they, didn't, they weren't plugged into the government where they could have big influence. They didn't have a lot of money that they could, you know, you know, 
bring their candidate to office and make sure that he's, you know, he's the right guy? Because we've just seen so many times that you, 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 the church has endorsed, or the Christian church, the real Christian church, has endorsed somebody, oh, yeah, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, and they get in office, and what do they do? The exact opposite thing, what they said they do. They used us. They, I mean, we were like a cheap woman of the night to them. They slept with us, and then they said, see you later. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and again, I want to draw that scripture into mind, because even if we protest abortion, even if we protest pedophilia, that's a good thing. But we have to understand where the battle lies, Dave. In, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's Ephesians 6.12. So even though, you know, you know, Dave, I've had, I've had to find myself, as the Scripture commands me, as much as I don't like doing it, but I have to be obedient. I don't like Nancy Pelosi, no. but I have to pray for her because I, 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 at the end of the day, I do not want to see her soul lost. I, I don't want to see that. And, and I understand that, she's, that, that there's a force driving this whole thing, and it's a spiritual wickedness in high places. These are evil entities that have plagued mankind from our beginning that incite war, incite racism, incite hatred, lust. And then on top of it, you know, Dave, it, it grieves me over and over again. I see pastors caught up in affairs, sexual indiscretion, or sexual sin, if you want to call it what it is, because that's why there's no power. That's why we don't have the influence on our society that we should. I know that, Dave, I'm speaking to people right now that have drug addictions, they have sex addictions. They're, they're putting their hope in materialism, and it's failing them. And they under—they don't understand there's a spiritual war for your soul. And and only in the power of Jesus Christ can you be delivered from that. And when you're delivered from it, you can then stand strong and say, "I'm bold as a lion. I'll proclaim the truth and, and tell people." what they need to hear. You know, in Ezekiel, it says that if we see the evil, the wicked man or woman, and we fail to warn them that their blood is on our hands at Judgment Day, but it says if we see the wicked man or woman and we say, listen, the road you're taking is the road to perdition, mm -hmm. and then and, and warn them, whether they respond to it or not, no, they'll respond one way or another. But if they if they don't respond positively, they're saying you're right. I need I need repentance. We freed our soul, and today the church doesn't do that at all. You know, if you listen, you turn gospel on TV. It's like trust in the Lord, and He'll give you everything you want. Mm, if you mail me seven hundred seventy-seven dollars, yeah. you'll get seven hundred seventy-seven blessings. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like the slot machine in the sky. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to ask you. Along these lines here, um, I prayed to the Lord repeatedly that uh, up to the election, because I knew there was going to be massive cheating. In fact, Sheriff Mack, who I absolutely adore, um, Sheriff Mack and I had a bet, a gentleman bet, I own a steak dinner, because I said, Trump can overcome the voter fraud because his lead is so massive. And he said, no, the voter fraud will be as massive as it needs to be. And he ended up being right. 
And I started praying to the Lord during that time and even after the election results we didn't like. I prayed, God, please let justice be done in this election. Please let your will be done. And I asked, and what I was hoping for was the answer to my prayer would be Insurrection Act, trials, military tribunals, arrests, and handing the office of the president back over to the president and his ability to quell the riots that would follow. And I was hoping for that, but I'm kind of reminded of that Garth Brooks song, uh, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers, where he got dumped by someone that wasn't good for him, but he found someone that was much, much better. I know there are bigger things coming, but here's my fear. Have we been so hedonistic that God won't even hear my prayer because he's turned his back on our nation? You know, that is a possibility, but he will never, never turn his back on a repentant soul. He said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My ways are um, easy and my yoke is light. I think that's quoted pretty closely. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, we might as a nation come under judgment, but you can be on either side of the judgment. There's a judgment that a father gives his son that's designed to bring the son into responsibility, into adulthood, into maturity. And there's a judgment God puts on the enemies of his family, which is death and destruction and no mercy. So, you know, we, our nation might face the latter, but there's not a soul listening to this right now who has to face the latter. They can always face the, the first, the, 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 the mercy. If you call unto him, his, his mercy is beyond discovery. We cannot know the limits of his mercy. Yes. Jesus, you know, he said, you forgive 70 times 7. Now, that's metaphoric. It means you just keep forgiving. If God tells us to keep doing that, then we are obligated, you know, he's, he, he's, he will do the same thing for us. So if we're obligated to forgive 70 times 7, God will forgive us that many times if we turn to him. But we just can't use it as a, you know, I love to sin, God loves to forgive. What's the problem here? Um, he, he does require repentance. That means turning away and walking away. It doesn't mean we'll never sin again, but it just says, I grieve over my sin, Lord. My sin is dark. You know, it, my sin is a direct affront to the holiness of his nature. Um, and, and so, you know, that's what I want to encourage people. There's a book called The Ever- Saints Everlasting Rest by Richard Baxter. He was a, one of the great, greatest, probably greatest of Puritan preachers, 16th century, 1700s, you know, 16, mid-1600s. And he wrote part in his book, and I encourage everybody, you can get it on LibriVox free. You can listen to it. It doesn't cost anything. Um the saints everlasting rest richard baxter um but he says at the at the kingdom there'll be many many who stood at the kingdom's door looked in heard the music saw the saints saw the glory all the wonders of heaven and you know what they did they never set their foot across the, the doorway and on judgment day how horrible it would be for those people who said, I almost, but that's not enough. That's not good enough. And and so that's what I'm telling America tonight, that we can't be almost about this. It has to be all. We have to plunge in. 
And again, I, again, I encourage you to read the chapter 9 of Daniel, where he prays for his nation. Or Isaiah, Lord, I live in an unclean land among people with unclean lips. And I have seen the Lord. And he prayed, Lord, take a coal from the altar of God and put it on my tongue. And, and you know that Isaiah was purged. And metaphorically, he was purged. God didn't actually put a coal on his tongue, but, he did, but the, the passion of truth was put on his tongue. And he, he, he preached to a nation. You know, and, and Israel, we don't have to go that path. Israel heard it. They killed the prophets. They disobeyed. They set up the high places, the idol worship. They had the Asherah poles, which were sexual objects. They had their temples of, you know, sex, just like we do today. And they were destroyed. In fact, at the final, the final judgment was the Son of God came to him. He sent the prophets, and then he sent his only son, and they killed him. And, and so today, do we want to be like that? Do we want America to go that path? The Babylonians came in. When they came in, they ravaged the women. All the property was taken. The men were led off to captivity. Many of them were just killed outright. We can have that path if we want it. And it will be a bitter, bitter pill. Or right now, the saints of God can fall on their knees and say, God, have mercy on us. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my lust. Forgive me for my addictions. Do you Forgive think it'll me. be a, uh, a domino effect when the first pastors begin to make a stand? Others Absolutely. will feel emboldened to follow them? When the move of the Holy Spirit comes, it'll, be a, there will be a ground zero. And when that when that when that explosion happens, of the power of God, it it'll be contagious. When when Jonathan Edwards preached his sermon, "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God," people, I mean, they saw the the pit open up, and they were just screaming because they just all of a sudden understood the the precarious nature of their soul. If we understood the precarious nature of our country today, that it's hanging by a by a th thread, and the thread's on fire. We would be have that same vision, Dave. That, my gosh, we're we're dangling over the pit, and the pit is going to swallow us up and and just consume us. You know, I, it was so sad, Dave. The other day, I, I read a story online, and and God's all the times in judgment it says He'll strip us and expose our nakedness to the world. And now, because of COVID and other things, so many women cannot make payments. That there's these sites they can go post, you know, explicit pictures of themselves and have men gawk at it for money. And I just think, what a sad thing. There's a man out there who could have taken that woman as a bride. There's a woman out there who could have had a loving husband. And now they've just become a spectacle for men's gawking for money. And they sell their soul. What a sad state of affairs America's in. You know, it is a sad state. And the children that have been victimized by evil men and women, when we, when we understand how God sees it, in fact, God says it's better that a millstone will cast, put around your neck and you cast into the deepest ocean than you do this to these children. But we do it. We not only do it, Dave, we flaunt it. We boast in it. We brag about it. And... At the end of the day, as a nation, 
we're going to be stripped naked. And I mean that metaphorically, not only physically. I think that'll be part of physical thing. The Chinese are already grooming women in this country for whatever they want to use them for. And they're using Facebook to do it. Let's mention yes. that. But, but our, 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 our nation's secrets will be stripped naked. Be, everything that we, has made us good, everything that we have that makes us what we are, a special place, will be stripped before us and exposed to the world and will become a byword, a mocking. Remember America? But look at it now. And Dave, that, my heart is I love this country. I love the, the land that God gave us. I love the fact that it is a melting pot of people that can come together and say, I love you, brother. You're black. You're yellow. I love you, brother. And I don't hate you. I love you. You know? And I see people. I see my people of just different people groups. I see them as God sees them, as sons and daughters of Adam. The hatred, the hatred you know, pill that they've pushed down America's throat doesn't work anymore. Because I can go and fellowship and give anybody that's my brother, sister, a hug. And, and that's, what, that's what revival will bring to our nation. It will bring a healing salve. It will bring repentance. And it will bring a healing salve among all the different angers that are out there, all the different you know, bitternesses that are out there, all the envy and class envy and all the things that these evil people use to separate us. We'll look at each other and say – I see the son. Of, I see a son of Adam here. I see yeah. a daughter of Eve. I think you're two steps ahead, though. You're absolutely right, and and the idealism of your approach is exactly what we need to aim for. But I think some things have to happen in the turmoil ahead of this. Oh, you're right. And, you're and, right. And, and let me explain to you what I mean, and then I'll let you embellish on this because I know we agree on this point. The some pastors have to be driven out. And they have to be driven out by the members of their own church and replaced with someone who will do the job. Some pastors can be shamed into doing the right thing. They're good men, but they've been afraid to boldly speak the truth, and their congregation will empower them, or they'll be gone too. Um, and, and, and I'm looking for revival from the bottom up. And this is why I want to challenge people in your churches. If your pastor is not talking about the 70 million babies that have been aborted and murdered in this country— then you've got the wrong pastor, and he needs to be told that. For sure. Dave, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and In no way, what I was just speaking of, of what where we could be, yes, not where we are. And there's going to be a breaking humility. You know, before the, the, the woman who had the alabaster, of, they say it was rose oil, which was very, very expensive. Anybody who knows anything about rose oil, it's the most expensive of the essential oils. You can pay $1,000 for an ounce of it. And she had this box filled with this fragrance. She had to break it for it to anoint the Messiah. It had to be broken. As a nation, there's going to be a breaking of our pride, our trusting in our wealth our trusting in our military, all the things that we put our hand on to trust instead of saying, Lord, I trust you. There's going to be a breaking of those things, and we're going to find out either they can't do what they've promised or they're going to turn against us, and we'll find out the very thing we trust is the very thing that wants to stick a sword into our belly. I mean, it worries me when I see a standing army in Washington, D.C. like this. Will they ever go away? 
You know, it was just the beginning of something. We were warned about the bane of standing armies. We've worshipped the military, and I'm not saying there's not a lot of good things the military have done, but we can't. If we worship that, you know, war evangelicals, I think they call them. Um, it's that's not what God wants us to worship. I recognize that war is a natural result of depravity of man, but God's bred me for peace. I don't want to go kill people. I want to bring healing to people. And I want people to hear the voice of Jesus saying, come unto me. Why must you die? Yeah, and we don't need to. I agree. This is our landing point. No question that has to be our goal. But there has to be some turmoil to get that goal realized. The breaking. It's a breaking. It's a shattering. When I, I just watched Jonathan Kahn right before the election when they had that big you know, Washington for Jesus thing. He took that great big pot, and in Jeremiah, I think it was Jeremiah 10 was the reference. And God had Jeremiah hold up a big clay pot, and he threw it down on the ground, and it split into a thousand pieces. And Jonathan Kahn did the same thing. He took a clay pot and just threw it, and it shattered. You know, all that we trust in in America, our money, our retirement accounts, you know, the military, our politicians, it is going to be shattered because God at the end of the day is not going to let us have idols. We're going to have to follow his knee and say, you alone are sovereign. You alone are the one who controls history. You alone are the only one who deserves worship. And, and that's, that's what's happened. So I totally agree with you, Dave. And this is why I would encourage people tonight. You know, if you have bondages in your life, you know, cry out to the Lord. Find a true brother or sister. And if it's certain things, I would make sure it's brother to brother, sister to sister. I, I don't want to go tell a sister I have a lust problem. You know, I just not going to do it. Um, you know, it's just that'd be wrong. But find a brother, a sister that you can talk with and confess your sin to him and ask, hold me accountable. You know, I, I really struggle with this. It might be drugs, um, whatever it is, and then repent, cry out for forgiveness, and believe me. The Lord will never, ever, ever turn you away. I don't care how deep the pit you've dug is. You think of the pit of uh, um, John Newton, the guy who was the famous slave trader who eventually wrote the song Amazing Grace, became a Christian. That guy was despicable. You think of St. Paul. He murdered thousands of Christians thinking he was doing God a service. I mean, you think of David who saw Bathsheba, and he goes, boy, oh boy, I want to, you know, you know. And he did, and then he sent then he sent Bathsheba's husband off to die, and God forgave him. Psalm fifty one, you know, that's what he prayed. Psalm fifty one. Take not your holy spirit from me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And and that that's what I'm. But we we do have that breaking. That that sharp that that clay pot is ready. To, it, I would say it's already been thrown down. It just hasn't hit the ground yet. Yes. When, and when it does. It's going to break into a lot of pieces, and everything that we've trusted on is going to be exposed, and only those who are trusting in the Lord are going to be able to stand in that day. Well, there's another factor that I want to bring out here, Bob, and it's something that I feel in my whole, my, my heart, my soul is going to happen. And it's a lot like the Soviet Union, but in a different form. The Soviet Union controlled the Christian church by zoning it out of existence so people had to go to home Bible studies secretly. 
yes and and so i i i what i am going to forecast here is biden harris if they are able to take the oath of office and move in they're going to generate false flags to blame christian conservatives and if these christian churches the large ones are going to shut down and they're going to be called a national security risk and people are going to have to do the exact same thing i see a great purge coming against christians i and i don't know if it's going to be like the Colosseum and the romans and feed them to the lions but i see a great purge coming and i don't know that this country has the strength the wherewithal or they have too many soy boys to stand up to this even those that profess to be christians in in the beginning god will raise men and women and it'll be a small little whisper just like it was when the gospel of jesus christ started it was a small whisper but then on pentecost 3000 people came to christ and then, and then persecution came to the church in Jerusalem. So you know what it did? It's like, it's like pouring water on a grease fire. It just makes it worse. That's what they did. And all the Christians that fled Jerusalem took the gospel with them throughout the Roman Empire. What they thought was the answer ended up being the very thing that did them in. God is going to catch these people in their own devices. Now, we might suffer. Some might be put to death. All possibilities. And I want to say this to even my woke church people. It, it, you're going I love to, the phrase. To turn I on love you. the phrase, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> it's going to turn on you. Yes. It's the Winston Churchill. You're feeding the alligator, and you get, but you're, you might, you're going to get eaten. Maybe last, but you're going to get eaten. You're, you're not going to appease these people. You see that one pastor, he got out of the Southern Baptist Association. He was a, a black minister. He got out of the, because it's not woke enough. And, and that's the way it's going to be. You will never satisfy the demands of these people because their father is a devil, and everything is done to degrade. So he's going to degrade you and degrade you and degrade you and degrade you till you finally say, Lord, cause me to stand. You know, I might get knocked down just like Polycarp, one of the early church fathers, when they burnt him alive at the stake according to church tradition. And one of the other people with him, a younger believer, he said, let me know if God's grace is sufficient to go through the fire. And he said, raise your hand if it is. And Polycarp, on fire, raised his hand towards heaven. Um, and that other believer took solace in it, that God's grace was sufficient. And he was uh, killed the same way. I mean, throughout the church history, the, the, the church has been built on the blood of the martyrs. They think they will be winning by killing people and putting them to death, but what they're doing is that blood goes into the ground, and it becomes a seed, and that seed starts to sprout. You know, one corn seed makes three or four ears, and on each ear, what, there's 500 kernels? So you got 2,000 out of one seed. That's what happens, Dave. That's what happens. That's what happened to Rome. That's what's happening in, in China. That's what happened in the Soviet Union. They couldn't stop it. They beat them. They, they deprived them. They did everything they could do. But all it was doing was, you know, as they say, a little vulgar, peeing on a forest fire. It didn't stop it. Yeah, I know. The one peeing on a forest fire is going to put it out. What ignites the revival? Repentance. Absolutely, unequivocally, repentance. Okay, so let me we go back to, to the first mover then. What ignites repentance? It, it, takes, it takes us to say, you know, Lord, 
convict me, show me, show me my secret faults, show me my hidden sins. Some of them are not hidden at all. I mean, there's porn addicts, drug addicts, all these different addicts out there that know this is keeping me from following the Lord, and we just need to say, I need to repent of this, and then start pressing into God and give those things up and say, Lord, I want you. Teach me the language of heaven, Lord. You know, the language of heaven, Jesus had a couple fish sandwiches and a few loaves of bread, and he fed 5,000 people with it. That's the language of heaven. It multiplies. You know, you just think of that. That guy had a few fish and some loaves of bread, and the Lord just said, start giving it out. He spoke the language of heaven, and all of a sudden, there was plenty to left over to feed a small village. Hmm. Don't ask me how it works, but that's the language of heaven. And that's what I pray for me, for my friends. Lord, teach us the language of heaven, that we can pray like that and have the same results. And then teach me, give me a broken and humble heart, Lord, that I understand that it's not about me. It's not about my finance. It's not about my pleasure. It's about you, Lord, that I bring you glory and honor. You know, the Bible says that we entertain ourselves with the pleasures of the flesh and of the mind. This is why I tell people, get off you know, TV, get off these things that just spew this vomit out. Don't give in to those pleasures of the mind and pleasures of the flesh. Seek God, and he will hear you. And then repentance and revival will come to our nation, and healing that is so sorely needed, Dave. It's only then, even if it's in the midst of persecution, you know, the, the Christian church will look at each other and say, we love each other, we, doesn't, we, don't, we don't care what your past is. You know, there's a. I, I just I know this one lady who was in adult the adult industry, and she came to Jesus. You know, she's married today. God has restored her. I mean, she did some pretty vile things. So it doesn't matter. You asked me earlier, is, is there a place we can get to where God won't hear us? He heard her. Yeah, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Um, so, because I'm trying to find the first mover here. So let me continue down this path of first mover because you're putting together a chain and we're kind of working in reverse order. Um, do you think it's going to be pain, extreme persecution, uh, loss of job, loss of lifestyle, total loss of freedom that's going to lead people to seek redemption and then act on that? You know, I will answer that again with the Bible. When, when Daniel came and started praying... For his people, the prince of Persia, Satan, withstood him. And, and even Michael the archangel took him, I forgot, two weeks or so to come and, and, and to assist Daniel in the prayer. Satan's not going to give up the ground he has easily. We can't say, play nice, Satan, and just go back and, you know, do your thing, you know, toast your marshmallows in hell. It's, it's not going to go that way. He's going to fight, and his, and his disciples are going to fight. So, and, and again, I want to make it clear, Dave, they will fight in the flesh. Our battle is we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We, we will have to fight on our knees. And, and that's the beginning of it. That's the genesis is repentance and crying out to God for mercy. That's the genesis of the whole movement that needs to happen right now. So I would, whoever's listening, I'm not saying this, share this because Dave Hodges or Bob Griswold are saying it. I'm saying this is the Bible. Share this. Proclaim it. Brother, you know, I've been, a, I, I've been a slave to this sin. I need to repent. 
sister, I've been a slave to this sin. I need to repent. Get together and ha- start in your church a time of prayer, you know, earnest prayer, repentance, crying out for forgiveness. Organize that in your church. If your church doesn't won't do it, leave that church and go find one that will. And that's what will start, Dave. When we're so fed up with the with the with the the porridge of Sodom, yeah, I hear you. When it's shoved down our mouth and it's and it makes our stomach so sick that we could, but how could I enjoy that? I know, I know, Bob. I need to interject this here because I want you to give out your contact information because if you think as I do, we're headed for real rough times. And I earlier talked about storable food. Bob has everything imaginable that you need for self-defense. And, Bob, we don't really have time to go into the products right here. But I want to give people a chance to know how to contact you so you can advise them on individual needs based on where they're already at. Well, first of all, if you call me, I'll pray for you, too. But 800-627-3809. 800-627-3809. And you have a website, too. ReadyMadeResources.com. Yeah, so let's say that again. ReadyMadeResources.com. And it's like a playland of survival needs. And I see everything from night vision to water filtration, communication. He has it all. And Bob, with that, we are out of time, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Very informative. And people, please share this far and wide. Thanks, Bob. God bless the Republic. Thank you. Thank you.